Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Five young Native leaders are the latest to be recognized by the Center for Native Youth for addressing injustices and shaping their collective future. The 2022 class of Champions for Change includes individuals working to increase Native representation in research, restore Indigenous landscapes, end derogatory mascots, and preserve language, culture, and traditional ways of knowledge. We'll talk with this year's champions about what inspires them right after the news. National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. A youth and family center in Oregon is keeping an eye on Native American priorities in the state legislature. The short session kicked off last week as Governor Kate Brown delivered her last State of the State address. Eric Tigodoff has more. Brown gave her final address as Oregon governor virtually this year. She outlined a host of priorities, including a $400 million proposal to address affordable housing. The focus on housing and homelessness aligns with the center's goals. William Miller is head of the NEA Action Fund. Continued investments in communities that are most impacted is really the most important thing. With COVID and all the issues we've experienced with that, our communities are continuing to struggle. And our youth are struggling, right, in terms of our education and being out of the classroom for so long because of COVID. In education, the NEA Action Fund is supporting money to provide professional learning opportunities to educators on ethnic studies standards and funding for the Department of Early Learning and Care. In her speech, Brown proposed a $100 million investment in child care. Brown also touted her work advocating for tribal nations in Oregon. Miller says the Legislative Commission on Indian Services has good relationships with tribal partners. I know Governor Brown has worked to do that as well, and so I think it'll also be really important for whoever the next governor becomes to continue that same relationship building and fostering that relationship with our tribal partners. Brown says addressing racial disparities in housing and the workforce will be key for her remaining time in office. The NEA Action Fund is supporting a measure from the governor that would expand access to culturally relevant preschool. The organization also hopes lawmakers approve a bill to declare racism a public health crisis, which would create two mobile health units. I'm Eric Tegadoff. A Native artist has been charged with a crime involving a minor in Pawnee, Oklahoma. Indians.com reports Walter Echohawk Jr., known as Bunky, an internationally known visual artist, is facing one felony of lewd acts with a child under 16. He was arrested, booked, and made an initial court appearance in January. Public knowledge of his case started being widely circulated across social media over the weekend. After his mugshot was posted in an Oklahoma publication featuring mugshots and criminal stories. A hearing involving the matter is set for March 15th. His artwork and murals are well-known and featured across Indian country. A high school teacher in Riverside, California, who was videotaped wearing a fake headdress and mocking Native Americans, has been fired. A cell phone video went viral in October showing the math teacher dancing, chanting, and wearing a headdress while teaching a class at John W. North High School. The Press Enterprise reports the Riverside School Board voted last week 4-1 to for her dismissal. Members of the Native community, tribal organizations, and a Native American state lawmaker immediately called on the school district to take action. 
Assemblymember James Ramos met with the Riverside Unified School District in November and says the district is working on curriculum and policy for Native American education and is moving to create a local task force with tribes. The school district will reportedly soon announce its diversity plans. The Bureau of Indian Education is distributing more than one million masks to schools. The BIE announced Friday 600,000 surgical masks will go to K-12 students at all its 183 BIE-funded schools. 600,000 N95 masks will go to staff and adult students, including at Haskell Indian Nations University in Kansas and the Southwestern Indian Polytechnic Institute in New Mexico. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. There are now booster recommendations for all three available COVID-19 vaccines in the United States, and you may choose which booster shot you receive. More info at aaip.org or cdc.gov coronavirus who support this show. Support by Vision Maker Media, currently seeking documentary film proposals for public media television broadcasting that represent the cultures, experiences, and perspectives of Native Americans and Alaska Natives. Deadline for submission is Friday, February 11th at visionmakermedia.org. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. A medical researcher, a cattle rancher, an urban youth advocate, and a policy advisor are among the youth leaders recognized this year as champions for change. The annual honors by the Center for Native American Youth highlight a select few people under the age of 25 who demonstrate leadership in their communities and inspire others to make positive change. These are young people who are committed to addressing injustices and shaping their collective future often overcoming personal setbacks along the way. We're going to meet some of the champions today. We'll hear their stories about what drives them to make the world a better place, and perhaps we'll get inspired ourselves. And we wanna hear from you. How do stories about Native youth striving to improve themselves and their communities resonate with you? What do we have to learn from these young people? Give us a call. The number to join our conversation, 1-800-996-2848. That's one 800 99 Native. Joining us today from Pawnee, Oklahoma, is Cheyenne Brady. She's the program manager for the Center for Native American Youth. She's Sack and Fox and Cheyenne. Welcome to Native America Calling, Cheyenne. Hi, Sean. Thank you for having us. Also on the show today and joining us from Salie, Arizona, is Tristan Black. He is a Center for Native American Youth 2022 Champion for Change. He serves on the inaugural New Mexico Indian Affairs Department Indigenous Youth Council and the Navajo Nation Youth Advisory Council. He's also a graduate student at Arizona State University, and he's Navajo. Welcome to NAC, Tristan, and please further introduce yourself. Yes, good to be here. Good morning, everybody, one and all. Uh, 
So good afternoon, good morning, and good night for everybody listening out there. Good to be here. Thank you. Great to have you on the show, Tristan. And rounding out our discussion and joining us from Spokane, Washington is Ivy Pete. She's also a Center for Native American Youth 2022 Champion for Change and an Urban Native Student. She's Paiute. Ivy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Haumu, Ivy Pete, Minania, Kuyuitukadu. My name is Ivy Pete. I am Paiute and uh, really excited for the conversation today. Well, Ivy, we're excited to have you on the show as well as Tristan and learning more about what makes you two champions for change. So I want to go ahead and start our conversation with Cheyenne Brady. Cheyenne, Champions for Change, catchy title. I like it. Tell us more about this awesome program. Yeah, so uh, the Champions for Change program is housed within the Center for Native American Youth at the Aspen Institute. We are a national education and advocacy organization that works alongside Native youth to improve their life outcomes. This includes health, safety, overall well-being, and essentially where they, where they want to go, where they want to see us going as a collective Native population. Uh, we work to increase Native youth access to opportunity. We want to empower them to draw strength from their culture and ultimately to inspire one another and create the change that they want to see in our world. We work to empower them through leadership. Uh, we develop youth-led policy agendas and try to establish that Native youth-led narrative. And so inspiring them to create the change they want to see, the Champions for Change program is the Staple program, one of the staple programs here at the Center for Native American Youth each year. Um, despite last year with COVID, you know, it was on the rise, but now we're learning to navigate within this pandemic. We select five inspirational Native youth leaders, and I'm so thankful that today we have Miss Ivy and Mr. Tristan on with them. We have three others that I'm sure we'll speak about soon. They are Malay, Maria, Calico, and Adrian. Uh, more on them to come, but what the Champions for Change program is, is we select five inspirational Native youth leaders from ages 14 to 24. It's a year-long program where the, where the champions receive tailored training, experience-based learning through a culturally immersive curriculum. We provide them technical assistance. We expose them to speaking opportunities, advocacy opportunities, and truly try to share out their narrative with the indigenous population and with the U within the U.S. population as a whole. And so that's, that's a little bit of the work that we do. That's a little bit about the Champions for Change program, but ultimately it's about our Native youth and about the true leaders that our youth are and allowing them to lead us in the direction uh, that they need for their future. Okay. Yeah. Le youth leadership. Absolutely. I think we're all on board with that. And you mentioned this is one of your staple programs. So could you talk a little bit more specifically? I mean, what kinds of young native leaders are you looking for between the ages of 14 and 24? Can these come from any type of backgrounds, any type of passions or, or, or work related projects or school? What are, what, what are some of the specifics? Yeah, so Native youth under the age of 25 who have who have a passion that can be anything. Like you mentioned earlier, a lot of our youth are interested in cultural revitalization. Some are working on um, land-based knowledge. They're increasing access to higher education. They're um, addressing 
derogatory race-based mascots. And so truly, Native youth within Champions for Change program have a broad interest, and we welcome all interests, and we want to help them uh, pursue their passions. We want to help them make the change in, in whatever particular sector that they're interested in. And so really, it's, it's a broad, it's a broad uh, spectrum of interest that, that we want to see youth have because we know that we're affected by many different things. And so we, we try not to hone in on just one thing. And then beyond that, it's open to Native youth across the nation within the United States um, and down into Hawaii and Alaska. Now, do the young people apply for Champions for Change or are they nominated? How does that work? Yes. So we do take nominations and then we reach out to Native youth. If they have been nominated, we encourage them to apply. So it is an application process. Applications are often open towards the the fall of the year. So so our current Champions for Change, they applied somewhere around October. And then we have a external review committee and then we have interviews. And so so it's a process and we want to truly help prepare youth for, for other fellowship opportunities and other, you know, the processes that happen within within the public and where they're where they're going. So five young people were chosen for 2022. About how many applicants did you get in? Oh, yeah. In, any year we can get between 50 to 100 applicants. Wow. Okay. So really, really prestigious honor. Well, let's go ahead and meet one of our 2022 Champions for Change. We have Tristan Black. Um, joining us on the show today. First off, Christian, I want to congratulate you for being a champion for change. And and tell us, what did you do to receive this recognition? Yeah, it's a good question. And I just appreciate all the work uh, CNAY was doing and uh, my colleagues that are uh, champions for change. And so it's really a great honor, but it's also a, a responsibility, you know, uh, going back to our communities, going back to our families and to our nations, tribes, and villages, how important this, you know, distinct honor was. And when I was applying for it, you know, I, I tried a couple of years back and I kept trying, I kept trying. And I said, this is my going to be my last year. Let me try it again. And so I did. And sure enough, that's when I got the call for the interview, did the interview process. And, you know, right when you get off the interview, you, oh, I wonder if I answered this right, or I should have added this, you know, those things go through your mind. <laughs> and, uh, uh, just the whole process was a learning process to me, you know, once you're applying for, you know, graduate programs, once you're applying for job applications, you know, this really helped me out in a lot of ways to prepare myself for uh, my career and to my profession that I want to go to. So I really enjoyed the whole process. Well, I like how you count it. Persistence pays, right? You just keep keep going after it, and, and I'm glad you you got the award. And I'm curious, like, what's your passion? What are some projects you're working on? Some initiatives? What do you got going on, Tristan? Yeah, that's a good question. I think one of the biggest things I'm really passionate about is Navajo language, Indigenous language. And when I was in high school, you know, I spoke Navajo here and there, but once I came to Dinette College that's where I started to sprout. And uh, once I had language classes and culture classes, I was able to go home to grandma and grandpa and speak Navajo to them. And it really lit up a face on them. It made them smile. And that was my motivation to keep learning the language. And from there, it kind of just like a a rocket, it kind of launched itself to, it opened up all these opportunities for me. 
And I really credit my Navajo language, my Navajo culture, and our way of life because, uh, you know, during times of hardship, like right now, what we're all going through the pandemic, it's been our indigenous languages, our ceremonies, and our healing practices that have got us through times of hardship. And, and that's one aspect of how we get through times of, you know, struggle, times of um, difficulty. So that was my biggest passion is continue to learn the language, but also teach it at the same time. So moving forward, I hope to become a, a Navajo language or culture teacher at, at my high school where I went to school at Navajo Preparatory School and here at Danette College too. That's, so that's kind of a little bit about the background of where I'm coming from and my passion and also focusing in on how important our languages, our cultures, and our way of life is. Well, folks, we've got our 2022 Champions for Change on the show today. We're learning about these amazing young people and the initiatives that they've started, the passions that they have, their interests, their dedication to their communities. Great show, and we are just getting started. If you've got a question or a comment or you want to just give a shout out to one of our Champions for Change, give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. You can email comments at nativeamericacalling.com, connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want to do, but please join the conversation. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm your host, Sean Spruce, and we're going to be back right after this break. A $590 million settlement with a handful of pharmaceutical companies means a financial boost for tribal opiate treatment and prevention programs. We'll learn about the details of the settlement and the potential for healing from a crisis that hit hard in Native communities. That's on the next Native America Calling. The Association of American Indian Physicians and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention remind you there are now booster recommendations for all three available COVID-19 vaccines in the United States. You may choose which COVID-19 vaccine you receive as a booster shot. Getting the COVID-19 vaccination protects you, your family, and your community. More information at aaip.org or cdc.gov coronavirus who support this show. This is Native America Calling, and I'm Sean Spruce. We're hearing from young people under 25 years old. They are among those chosen as Champions for Change by the Center for Native American Youth. They've demonstrated leadership and the ability to transform their communities in a positive way. Give us a call to congratulate our Champions for Change or ask one a question, 1-800-996-2848. Before we went to break, we were talking with Tristan Black, and he's one of the Champions for Change for 2022, and he was sharing his passion for the Navajo language and culture. And Tristan, you wear a lot of hats. You're at school, grad student. You're on a couple of committees, councils as well. Tell us, what are some of the responsibilities you have with those councils that you serve on? Yeah, thanks, Sean. Um, Part of the responsibilities, you know, I go back to grandma and grandpa's teaching, you know, to keep, keep yourself busy and you know, right when the sun comes up, you're supposed to be awake before 
the sun comes up. So you got to be a busy day. <laughs> and I think what uh, some of the youth councils who are a part of is trying to, you know, be that voice for some of the young people out there that are probably in school, they're probably taking classes at college or away from home. So who's going to advocate for them on their behalf? So that's part of some of these youth councils were a part of like the New Mexico Indian uh, Indigenous Youth Council as well as the Navajo Nation uh, Youth Advisory Council. So with the Navajo Nation Youth Advisory Council, we advise the three branch chiefs, the president, the speaker, and the chief justice on youth matters. And with the Indigenous Youth Council, we're a collective body of uh, 23 tribes within New Mexico uh, nations and pueblos, and we help steer uh, the New Mexico Indian Affairs Department issues that are related to youth. And so that's kind of a little bit of the work that we do. And again, it's we're all passionate about being able to be public servants for our fellow youth and for our fellow little brothers and our little sisters out there. Well, Tristan, that's really fascinating, and I'm interested to know, I mean, these recommendations that you and your peers make to the Navajo Nation, New Mexico Indian Affairs, um, what are some things that you would like to do for your for your community? What are some recommendations that you make? Good question. I think some of the recommendations that we did was we held a Indigenous Wellness Summit over the summer when a lot of kids were on break and they had a little bit more time on their hands, we hosted a wellness summit and we gathered uh, recommendations from physical being, mental being, uh, social and emotional being, as well as our spiritual and cultural being, but also what do we learn from the pandemic as youth and how did it impact our communities? And moving forward, how do we elevate those youth voices out there? So it ranged from how do you take care of yourself, self-care strategies, how do you strengthen your self-confidence, and how do you remain grounded in your culture? And through this uh, COVID-19, this you know invisible monster that we call out there, how do we able to combat it? And through our youth voices, what are some of the decisions that we need to make for our peers and give those recommendations to tribal leaders? Well, Tristan, you mentioned the pandemic, and I'm I'm curious, what kind of impact do you think the pandemic has had, not only on yourself, but your, your peers as well, their Navajo Nation and other parts of Indian country? Yeah, I think from the pandemic, it kind of showed a little bit of where we are at as the state of Indian country and things on where we need to improve on, but also areas where we need to respect, you know, eat, during the time of when COVID really first came on and a lot of elders, they talked about what we need to start doing again, you know, giving offerings to Mother Earth or giving our Mother Earth songs, our mountain songs. We need to do more of those in order to uh, keep balance between the natural laws out there. And from that, uh, there's a lot of interest in learning those songs. There's a lot of interest in how do we give offerings. And from that, you know, we also were digitally connected through Zoom and online classes. And one of the things that we saw is um, even though we weren't in the school setting, we also had grandma and grandpa at home that were language teachers that were showing them things around the home of plants, uh, sacred sites or areas that they never knew that was around their home. So there was also a lot of pluses that came out of it. 
And I think that some of the things moving forward to focus on and help protect those areas. Yeah, certainly a lot of positive. I think so many of us just really became more focused on what was important. A lot of us took time to reset and just kind of reevaluate our priorities. Tristan, I'm curious, uh, when, you know, in addition to, to fostering change as a policy advisor, you're also an artist. Tell us about that. So when the, again, when I was at home, you know, I was thinking to myself, what, what, what can I do at home? And when I was looking at the Diné College's website, there was the Navajo Cultural Arts Program. And so I said, maybe I'll apply for this. And I joined the program, and through Zoom, I was learning how to silversmith, and through Zoom, I was learning how to uh, make moccasins. So it kind of kept me busy. It made me stay home, and it made me uh, show Grandma and Grandpa what I'm doing. And the, the end product is having a bracelet, having a pair of moccasins, and able to walk in it, you're able to wear it. And it just makes you proud that, you know, even though we were home and you know, there's probably wasn't a lot of things to do, but learning Navajo cultural arts was a good way to, you know, spend time with the arts and just really reevaluating the whole year. Okay. Well, Tristan, thank you for that background. And again, congratulations on your award 2022 champion for change. And folks, let's bring in another one of our champions for change. Also for 2022, we have Ivy Pete. Ivy, congratulations to you as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk. You bet. And I, I know you were able to get out of class to join our show, so I appreciate you playing hooky for a little bit of time here to join us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, um, Ivy I got out of government class, so I'm excited to talk about um, you know, all things civic engagement. I think we'll make up for it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Make good use of the time. So Ivy, tell us, um, what did you do to receive this recognition, a champion for change? Yeah, you know, I was so excited listening to Tristan speak. We're still all getting to know each other, and I'm just so blown away by his accomplishments and the accomplishments of all the other champs. Um, I'm still kind of amazed, I think, that, that I was named this year as well. I think a lot of the work I'm doing is uh, based in my own community, and I think we, we don't take enough time to really step back and recognize the impact we have. Um, I am 17. I'm a senior in high school this year, uh, urban Native student. I live off-reservation up here in Washington, and I uh, am an advocate for, for the urban Native experience for young people like me who maybe live off-reservation, have been disconnected from their families, but, uh, you know, are are still native, still indigenous, still proudly part of these communities, still contributing. And um, a lot of my work has been centered around the fight against derogatory uh, Indian mascots. Uh, at my high school, my freshman year, you know, I um, we were previously the Indians. I waltzed into my principal's office and, um, you know, had the, had the difficult conversation. I was like, hey, my name is Ivy. Uh, I am Paiute. And Let's get this going. Let's let's make some change. And from there, um, really started engaging with stakeholders and having these difficult conversations about the, the harmful impacts of Native mascots on our Indigenous youth. Um, and uh, proceeded from there. I'm, I've been lucky to be involved in several community and, and uh, government organizations. Had the opportunity to reach out to my state legislators and uh, 
read a bill in the Washington state legislature uh, in 2020 to end the use or rather regulate the use of Native American mascots in, uh, symbols and imagery in, in public schools. And what that bill does is kind of requires or rather opens the door for dialogue between tribal communities and our school districts to examine the harm that's been perpetrated to our Native students and also uh, figure out how to walk forward and, and do better because there are so many students who have so much opportunity and so much talent and, and they're just not being identified. Um, and, you know, my, once again, as I'm talking about kind of being um, still stunned by this, by this title, there are so many other native students like me, you know, more than half of uh, native people in the United States live, live in urban settings. And so, what are the support systems for them? How are their voices being uplifted? And how are we almost redefining what it means to be indigenous and, and diversifying indigeneity itself? So uh, I'm really, really energized by, by uh, CNAY and excited for the work we're going to do. Um, I'm also an advocate for curriculum change, talking about the true and real history of, of Native peoples in the United States. Um, getting other young people civically engaged, because, of course, that's how we make change. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to moving. Well, right on. I mean, I, I really applaud you because, you know, to take on a challenge like that, holy cow. And I'm thinking you must have met some pretty heavy resistance probably. Can you talk about that when you went into the to the principal's office and you, you said you wanted to make these changes with regards to the mascot and then went so far as to, to endorse the bill and, and move that along the political spectrum as well. I mean, that's a, that's a big, big task. So talk about that more. It was challenging. Yeah. And of course I always like to lead. It wasn't just me. It's, you know, I was able to bring this movement to the finish line here in Washington, but it's been generations of work. I, as a young Native person, stand on the shoulders of my ancestors and those who've been fighting for, for decades for this change. And that's the way that change works, right? Like it, it moves slow and it moves slow on purpose because we're supposed to be dissuaded. The system is sticky. It doesn't want to move. And so when we can build this people power and start having these difficult conversations is when real change happens. And um, yeah, I did face a lot of resistance. I, you know, there were teachers who, you know, looked me in the eyes when I when I would tell them, you know, you are doing me harm by by perpetuating this image by by you know endorsing it in my classroom, and they wouldn't recognize that. That's harmful and that's hard for young people. And you know, that's something that that really tugged on my heartstrings, as I know there are so many other Native students who don't feel empowered to have this same voice. And feel empowered to to call something out when the harm is being done in our education system, and so I'm passionate and I'm loud and I'm vocal about all these issues because <laughs> there are so many of us, right? Like I'm down to be annoying about it because I know that it's worth something and it's the the impact is going to be real, um, you know. And even to the state legislature, right? I I watched the testimony, I lobbied, and I had legislators tell me, you know, blatantly disagree with my own lived experience, right? Tell me that you know, native mascot, I should be honored by a mascot. Why do I have oh, to be geez. honored by something that doesn't represent me by, by something that, you know, was not even created to honor me. It was created to, you know, mythologize the native experience to, to paint us a picture, to paint us in the past. And so I suppose 
I've kind of used that negativity as, as fuel for this work, right? Like knowing that some people will just not agree and that's okay because we are loud and proud and indigenous and, and that's enough. And we have enough collective power to, to do right for our communities and for our people. That is enough. And, and Ivy, just listening to you, you are so inspirational. Um, you're so intelligent. You're so articulate. It's obvious that you are a fighter. You are brave. And I'm, I'm curious, where does this fire come from? Tell us more about your family and your background. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I was not always so ready and willing to, to own this Native identity. Um, you know, living up here in Spokane, it's pretty, uh, I guess I'll just say white, right? Like it's, it's not as diverse as many other places around the country. Um, but I, I really do believe it is the fuel of my ancestors, right? Like that's, that's what native leadership is, is we are carrying the fire that our ancestors lit for the next seven generations. And that's, I fully believe my, my passion for service is that, um, you know, I'm thinking about college, um, next year, you know, I'm applying and my only goal for education is to be able to improve my ability to serve because as native people, we look out for each other. That's just, that's what we do. Right. And I've been embraced by my community up here for that same reason. They, they honor me as a young leader because my voice is an extension of this same historical you know, legacy of, of resilience and of, of indigenous power. So I'm really excited to keep moving and to keep including other young voices in the conversation because there are so many of us. And, and really, I think we're at kind of a tipping point right now where, where youth are being highlighted and, you know, big movements are happening because of it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I think you young Native people, the next generation have – so much to offer communities and to Native America as a whole. And I'm just curious, you know what, when you work with other young people like yourself, peers, and you're still in high school, you know, what, what kinds of advice or how do you get other young Native people to become passionate and involved in issues like this? What's, what's your recipe for success? That's a great question. My recipe for success, I think it's this righteous indignation right this this power and this willingness to not just sit down when injustice occurs right like knowing our voices are powerful is incredible and can do so much and so I always tell people right I'm surrounded by young people every day in my classrooms when there's something that they don't like they better stick up and say something or I'm going to say it for them Right. So being an advocate for our communities, I think, is so key. And, and I don't expect change to happen unless I'm the one who initiates it. And I, I, I think when other people realize that, when other young people realize that, that's power. Um, you know, young indigenous people, especially when we're talking with, um, you know, school board members or city council or state legislators or, you know, Congress people, they want to hear our voices. They are here to serve. And we are we have lived experiences that they have no you know, insight into. And so that's power and it should be utilized at every single step. Um, and I think that is my recipe to success is, is don't sit by when there's injustice, be willing to take action and know that there are people in your community, in this world. I'm here to support you in that voice. I'm here to back you 
and let's make some change happen. Don't be afraid of the repercussion because if you're doing the right work, it'll work out for you, right? Creator's looking out for us and it's going to be right. We're doing the right thing by making action. Let's make some change, righteous indignation. The creator's looking out for us. Yeah, <laughs> it's just <laughs> really, really inspirational words. I, I just I just see all kinds of hashtags going through my mind right now with just all these ideas, all this passion. Really great conversation. We're speaking with 2022 Champions for Change. We've got Tristan Pete, excuse me, Tristan Black. We have Ivy Pete. And folks, we do have to take a short break, but we will be back and shortly and if you have a question or a comment for the show please just give us a call 1-800-996-2848 we'll be right back Are you a Native American healthcare provider, recovery counselor, social worker, domestic and sexual abuse advocate, or traditional healer working in Native American communities? Dr. Ruby Gibson will begin a seven-month advanced immersion in healing historical trauma. This online masterclass looks through the lens of a seven-generational recovery approach to provide powerful, proven modalities and is offered tuition-free to tribal members. Registration deadline is February 21st. Info at freedomlodge.org who support this show. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Are you inspired by young people who show initiative in your community? Teens and young adults who aren't afraid to chase a dream or tackle a tough issue. I know I am. Today we're hearing from a group of young Native people who fit that description and are recognized for their leadership and passion. And as always, we invite you to our discussion. There's still time to call 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-99-NATIVE. I'd like to bring Cheyenne Brady back into our conversation. Again, she's the program manager for the Center for Native American Youth, the organization that sponsors our Champions for Change. And Cheyenne, I, I think we're all just <laughs> still kind of reeling from this dose of inspiration that we're hearing from both Tristan and Ivy, just amazing young people doing such such wonderful work and, and fostering change in their communities. But please, I know that there are other 2022 champions for change as well. So tell us about those kids as well. Yes, and I, and I agree with you. Every time I hear um, these amazing youth, I, I get inspired and motivated and, and want to figure out how I can do more as well. And so I want to thank Ivy and Tristan, too, for sharing and, and continuing to inspire us all. Uh, but yes, as you mentioned, Sean, there are three other absolutely amazing youth who are, have also been selected as five of the champions for change. Uh, their names include Maria Walker. She is White Mountain Apache from Arizona. She's 23. We have Kaliko Kalahiki. He is a native Hawaiian, 21. And then um, we have Adrian Pochel. He is Soto and Lakota. Um, living in Chicago, Illinois, and he is 19. And um, I'd love to share a little bit about the work that they're doing, if, if you, um, if I can, Sean. <laughs> yes, Cheyenne, please do. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ladies first. <laughs> Maria, she is a 
a student. She has a Bachelor of Science from ASU. She's working on a Master of Science in the Science of Healthcare Delivery from ASU. And she actually works as a research program assistant with the infectious disease team for John Hopkins University Center for American Indian Health. So she is actively working to increase Native representation in, in the science and STEM fields. She's very passionate about research. She's worked on a few studies already. And one thing that's really special that Maria actually does outside of her work and her school is that she cares and has guardianship over a younger brother um, due, due to the loss of her, her grandmother and both her mother. And, and her message to, to all of us and to her, her Native youth peers is that she wants us to know that no matter the obstacles, we are all still capable of success. So, so that's Maria Walker. Uh, she's White Mountain Apache uh, over in Arizona. She wishes she could be here with us, but um, I know... You know, we'll all continue to learn about her, and you can go on cny.org and learn more about the Champions for Change. Um, next, I, I want to share a little bit about Coleco. Coleco, like I mentioned, he's a Native Hawaiian. They are, their passion is really to recenter environmentalism on Indigenous movements in order to address climate change and environmental injustices. Coleco is a sophomore at Brown University studying science, technology, and society. And one thing that they have done is founded and are currently building a Native Youth Hawaiian Rights Organization to uplift the needs of Native Hawaiians. And another other thing that he continues to do is language preservation, both uh, within Hawaii and on campus at Brown. And so that's Kaliko. Again, you can learn more about him on cny.org. And rounding our, our champions class for 2022 is Mr. Adrian Pochel. He's Sultan Lakota. He's a member of the Shy Nation Youth Council. He's actually uh, very humble about his work, but he has led some absolutely amazing things within the Chicago, within the city of Chicago. He, he is a singer and he, he advocates against race-based mascots and imagery, as well as protection of native lands and native rights. And one of, the, one of his passions is reconnecting land and reconnecting with the land and the land-based knowledge of, of our ancestors. And so he is uh, also, within this work, he helped to establish the First Nations Garden located in Chicago's northwest side. As a, This was created in direct response to the ongoing issues of gentrification in the Albany Park neighborhood. And so Adrian is 21. This garden that he helped lead in the creation of has been open since 2019. So he's been doing this work for years already. Um, the garden serves as a healing space and refuge for Native peoples while also providing sustenance for them. And so those are the three that, that couldn't join us. But again, you can learn more about them. They're amazing youth um, who, are, who are creating that change that they want to see and um, establishing, establishing areas and places and spaces for all of our people to be, to be successful in and to feel comfortable in. Cheyenne. These champions for change, I keep thinking these young Native leaders need to go on a Wheaties box or something. What do you think of that? Oh, I agree. 
<laughs> maybe like a box of cornmeal or something we could put some put some pictures on there and, and celebrate <laughs> the honors of champions for change no, but, but seriously cheyenne so this program it goes back to 2011 more than 10 years so what are some of the other champions from, from previous years doing up to today yeah so actually a lot of the champions who come in uh, it's, it's a one-year program but we actually keep them within our network for years as they as they want to continue to, to develop, as they want to continue to grow. Last year's champions are still within our network. Um, they actually all serve on our youth advisory board. So all of the work that we do at CNAY, it is youth-led, youth-driven. We run everything by them. They, they tell us where we need to go, what we need to be doing, what Native youth need. And so many of the previous champions are on our youth advisory board right now or have been in the past. Um, I can highlight some of them if you would like. You know, they're doing things like healing from historical trauma, doing um, protections. They're starting their own nonprofits. Many of them are also within the um, field of the arts, you know, and creating plays that increase representation. Um, they're doing absolutely amazing things, and we are we are continuing to be so proud of them. Some of them are still writing for other news outlets or showing up in commercials to increase representation and things of that nature. Um, and even, you know, as the years go on and they continue their, their lives, their, their trajectories, they become indigenous mothers and indigenous fathers and aunts and uncles. And they continue to guide in that, on that personal level as well, you know, with their kids or their nieces and nephews, they are creating community change. Um, they're directing policy. They're, they're doing wonderful, wonderful things. And CNAY is just beyond grateful to have a small role in just continuing to uplift them and encourage them to pursue their passions and to pursue the change, to, to pursue the world that, that inspires, to pursue the world that provides mm -hmm. us the comfortability that we deserve as Indigenous people. You know, these they're all very much connected to this land and they understand that this is this is their land. And so, um, yeah, we're very honored to have the Champions for Change program and to just be that very small piece um, in the lives of so many Native youth. Now, Cheyenne, you have been a, a youth leader yourself, Miss Indian World, in fact. Do you think your experience helps you relate to these young people? Yeah, and I think Ivy said it best a little bit earlier. She mentioned that our voices matter and we have the lived experience that some leaders of organizations or policymakers simply don't have. And so it is definitely, um, you know, it was my job back then and now it's more my job to ensure that Native youth today have that opportunity to, to share their voice. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> honored to have, have, that, have that opportunity, but looking forward to providing that opportunity for Native youth today. Well, Cheyenne, thanks again for that background, and, and as well as those um, giving us the, you know, the, the the background and the stories of those other champions for change as well. And I'd like to bring Tristan back into the conversation now. And, and Tristan, I want to ask you, you know, we're talking about some of these issues and and, and some of the hurdles with the, the pandemic and and other challenges. And I want to want to just get your feedback, Tristan. What do you think is the biggest challenge 
facing young Native people today? Really good question. I think that's a lot of uh, question. A lot of tribal leaders, tribal youth, and even programs are thinking about how do we best, you know, serve a lot of indigenous youth. And one of the biggest things that we hear out, that, out there is broadband and even connectivity to the internet. Even when the pandemic first happened, I would sit on top of the hill where I would get service just to attend my uh, college courses. But I think it's providing opportunities for students to uh, get access to broadband capabilities because when there was no such thing as Zoom, you know, you would just be sitting in the classroom and with your peers. But now that this opportunity with broadband came about, you're connecting with Ivy, you're connecting with uh, all these different youth that are out there across Indian country. And you just wonder, man, these are some youth that are doing these projects out there. And uh, it makes you really think about possible ways to open up opportunities for my younger brother, my younger sister. So I think amidst the pandemic, we're learning as we go, but we're also adapting to some of the challenges that we're facing across uh, Indian country. Okay. Interesting. What kind of hobbies do you have, interests outside of your policy work? I think... One of the big things that keeps me in check is uh, the, the in Navajo we say bekashi, which is the cattle. So I have to feed them before I eat, <laughs> and they look at me and they said, "Oh, it's time for us to eat." So I have to go out there, make sure they're watered, make sure they have hay, and uh, we live along the mountain, so uh, we let, let the gate open and they all go out into the woods and they come back in the evening wanting to drink water. So that's a little bit of the work that I do outside of uh, policy and some of the youth council uh, priorities. Now, do you have brothers and sisters as well? Yeah, I actually have a younger brother and a younger sister. They're both in college and working right now, so that's uh, they're working up in Colorado. Well, thanks again, Tristan, and again, congratulations on your award. And Ivy, I'd like to ask you, you know, you've got obviously the, the mascot issue and some other challenges as well and issues that you've you've tackled. But I'm curious, Ivy, if you had all the time and all the money that you wanted to devote to one project, one project for change, what would it be? What would you do? Oh, my gosh. You're just going to hit me with that question. Oh, geez. <laughs> I want to do a million things, but huh. With all the funding in the world, I think I would like to bring together somehow as many young Native people as possible and start some kind of project or, um, you know, actually, yeah, let me take that back. I'd like to do something with education where we center our healing in the, the, the curriculum, right? So I think that's something that's going to cost the most money when we're talking about the um, you know, the fix of curriculum to teach the proper history of, of the United States today uh, would be training for educators, would be, um, you know, reevaluation of curriculum, would be counselors and um, classified staff to help our, help our young people feel supported. It would be um, at the very highest level, you know, looking at, at uh, higher, like how are students accessing higher education? How are we supporting Native students in doing so? What kind of um, you know, majors are available to them, what kind of resources are being made so that we can make sure that every Native student is being supported. 
in this dream for for success and for change. I think that's something I'd start with. And on the on the basic level, I think if I have all the resources in the world, I'd want to be able to have a conversation with these young Native people, especially in urban settings, and let them know it doesn't matter what the color of their skin is. It doesn't matter if you can speak your language yet. It matters that you are Indigenous and that you are proud and that you know your voice is valued. So I think that's where okay. I would start. Um, if you're going to tell me one project, oh my gosh, my mind is just spinning now <laughs> with all these ideas. Um, that's, you get that's so many... Yeah, you know, that's a great place to start. And, and that's a tough question to to ask. So, I mean, um, people listening, other young people, peers, how can they connect with you? What's the best way to reach um, out? You could, you could hit me up on the social media. Um, that's always an option. Uh, can I can I spout my social media? Is that allowed? Um, yeah, that's fine. Just go ahead and, yeah, just yeah, let us check know. In with- Look at CNAY on the on the Instagram page as well as the website and reach out to them. They're doing some amazing work, and we can connect through CNAY. Okay, great. And Tristan, how can our listeners connect with you? I think I'm the same way as uh, Ivy, just connecting with CNAY and social media, but also, uh, also connecting with our other peers with Calico, Adrian, and, and uh, Maria. Okay. And Cheyenne, can you remind us again uh, for next year, 2023, when can people start putting in applications or making nominations for the next round of Champions for Change? Of course. Um, Late fall, around September, October, those applications will be open and available. I encourage you to encourage the wonderful native youth in your community to go ahead and apply and then all of those who apply also have the opportunity to become generation indigenous ambassadors and, and be a part of our cny network even even those who are who are not selected we'd love to get them involved and, and in closing i also want to invite individuals organizations tribes if you would um, like to have the champions for change you know come in and inspire native youth in your area or even you know those of other generations adults and elders um, feel free to reach out to cny our native youth are you know our champions for change are excited to share their stories to share their passions to empower our people this year. And so if, if you would like them in your community or at an event, please do reach out. Um, we are more than honored and excited about, about the year to come as we, as we empower, share passions, and also work to grow our leadership and advocacy skills. Okay. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today's conversation with our 2022 Champions for Change. I want to thank my guests, Cheyenne Brady, Tristan Black, and Ivy Pete and wish them well as they continue to strive for excellence and service to their communities. Tomorrow, we'll be discussing the landmark settlement among tribes and pharmaceutical companies related to the opiate epidemic. Tribes will divide up $590 million. Do you have stories to tell? Vision Maker Media funds Native American and Alaska Native long and short documentaries at all stages of development and is currently seeking proposals intended for PBS television broadcasting through their public media fund. These projects should represent the cultures, experiences, and perspectives of Native Americans and Alaska Natives. Deadline for submissions is Friday, February 11th at visionmakermedia.org who support this program. 
It's never too late. Schedule dental health visit for your children's today. Visit insurekidsnow.gov or call 1-877-KIDS-NOW. Contact your local Indian health care provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Service. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davis. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.